Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Who messy distance professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we're going to be talking some NWA Saturday night on TBS from October the 24th, 1987. Steamrolling right along. We're about a month away from Starcade 87. And a couple other things that I was talking to Doc about this week. But anyway, I'm sitting here with Doc and Harper. Harper was late again, but we can't do it without him because he's the fucking man. Whatever. Harper, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah? Feeling all right? Yeah. Tired? How you doing? Yeah. Good. You got to work tonight? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, right now, fucking that's... leave here. I got to do real work. Uh, that sucks. Doc, how are you? All you've been talking about all week to me was nothing about this show or wrestling. It's your crybaby bullshit about the NBA, man. Oh, about fucking what's his name leaving? Yeah. They find the 50 grand for fucking demanding a trade. LeBron's out there just recruiting. Dude. From the sidelines. Yeah, no, huh? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> he, just, he like he put up his little I'm at Poncho's eating flotsus and I need some more, so he just raised his flag. Bro's <laughs> like, like, I need a trade, y'all. <laughs> That's all I mean, I'm it's... Hey, hey, maybe I got an idea though, man. Let's get into how I'm doing. You know I'm always doing good, but I'm always searching for a way for me and Harper to get paid. And oh, I wow. think I've stumbled across something here. Uh, think of this next little bit as like a just-in-time, real-life, dirtbag version of Shark Tank. So, Harper, does Mike pay us to do this? No. All right. So, right. Harper, so, you've been paid. I got to pay Doc again. It's been a while, but I paid you. Exactly. Right. I and, and Mike, do we, have any, <laughs> do we have any sponsors for this show? No. And none of that patron money filters over to us. Yeah. So we've got to – here's the thing. We could sit around here for the fourth year and bitch about our, our problems, or we could take matters into our own hands. And so I've got a plan. I'm going to introduce a new service for pay that Harper and I alone, that he's about to learn about, are going to provide to the world. Okay. Mike – you you were telling me today you think there's a lot of trifling ass wrestling podcasts out there. Is podcast out there? Is there I, I never said those words, but there are yeah, bad podcasts. Yeah, dude, they're a dime a dozen, huh? Yeah, you're like so, Dollar Tree podcasts. So what we're gonna do is set up a deal where where your failing ass podcast is boring or tired or stale or ashy. 
I don't know. Is that the right word, Mike? Ashy? Sure. You could call Harper and I, and we'll do a run-in on your show for an appearance fee and spruce up the ratings, pop the territory, liven it up, and then afterwards we'll do a seminar with you on how to make your podcast not be boring to the saps. You want me to mention who uh, our target market is, or do you want me to save that for the mar- the business plan for the bank, Mike? I'm curious. I mean, uh, well, never mind. I already know what you're going to say because you what? target this person every time you feel like it on this show. Who? You? I'm not going to say it. You you know what I'm thinking. I, 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 I rarely to never know what you're thinking. Well, I mean, you always go, oh, that fat bastard Conrad. So I'm sure that's what you're leaning into here because you're, you repeat the same shit over and over. All right. So before I get into what I'm thinking, Harper, who do you think needs our help the most? Who should we send like a, 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 a little D slide into their DMs? Who could use us to show up and just. Oh, a lot of them. Okay. Much. But is there, is there anybody like, oh, JJ Dillon snooze fest or. Well, JJ's oh. old though, so okay. so you, you 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 expect him to be, you know, maybe Ricky Morton's podcast is like, look, dude, nobody cares about this the business. You need to we need to talk about the van, dude. What was going on in that? <laughs> See, that's the kind of stuff we can do for your podcast, right there. I want to talk about Gibson's eye. Yes, right. <laughs> we need to. We need I want to bring that it. shit up. Okay, so there's we 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 could just go dig. Uh, Dutch out of the ditch and have him do a podcast again. Hell, here's here's an idea, Mike. What's that? What's that jackass you do the world class podcast with? Lance, y'all could be our first customer, and guess what? We'll give y'all a discount. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think Lance would respond if we started talking about whether or not there was any squirters at the sportatorium? <laughs> <laughs> he's not the white meat baby face that he comes across as let me just say oh that. okay Uh-oh. so when i slap him it won't be i won't go you know be the the heel here okay hey corny's probably the only one we don't need to help how about that since we won't we'll stop naming names oh, but he's like a self-cleaning stove he's you know he's got this he got it he knows what he's doing over there but man do you ever like go go like thinking man I wish like Travis Hackle would like draw pictures of us and put us on fucking YouTube. <laughs> so there it is. Harper and I are now out in the market. We are podcast consultants. We'll do run-ins. We'll do appearances. We'll uh, we'll do a seminar afterwards. So it's look. We're not just going to come in and pop the territory. We're going to teach you how to pop your own territory. We're not just going to give you a fish. We're going to teach you how to fish. DM Mike. Hopefully, Mike passes these along. And Mike, we'll give you if you just sign up at our super secret website with the hashtag BTT uh, WCW Lance sucks. We'll give you twenty percent off. So it's kind of like wrestling, Hopper. You're basically charging a booking fee to make an appearance on someone else's podcast to spruce to to, to pop right. the ratings. Right. We're gonna hot shot the territory, brother. Yeah. All right, so how much are you going to leave? You know, they say, like, sprinkle some Hogan dust on stuff or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and splash on a little mittery mouthwash and <laughs> fix things up. So how much you want per appearance, Hopper? I don't know how much they got. Well, that's just <laughs> that's the idea. We haven't really 
worked out our pricing fee yet, but we'll work with each client on an individual basis. How about that? So let me help Doc out. Since Doc's not on social media, fuck him. Just email Hopper. I'm sorry, Facebook message Hopper or Twitter message Hopper and uh, see what he's charging. Doc, since he doesn't want contact with the world, there's no way to get in touch with him. So Hopper, go make some money. There you go. You know who else doesn't need our help? Ron Fuller. He doesn't. He's good. He's good. The stud has arrived. The stud has arrived. Six foot nine inches. You know, I'm always worried at work because I'll be walking down the hall listening to that and I'll hit my phone and then realize that somebody might see me listening to a podcast called The Stud Cast. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Seems unfortunate. Oh, boy. Well, Mike, All nobody right. ever asked you how you're doing. How are you? Are you over the Saints yet? I mean, Uncle Roger apologized today. That made it better, yeah, didn't it? it? Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, screw him. I'm, I've Earth, y'all are back in the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, not watching. Yeah, by yeah. the time this airs. Gonna, wait, 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 wait. You're not going to watch the Super Bowl. So this will the Super Bowl will have aired by the time you know will have been played by the time this airs. You're not going to watch, huh? Fuck I'm not that. interested. Yeah, me neither. You don't want to watch the you, commercials with. You want to watch the commercials with Sasha? You you think I'm joking, man? I'm actually, I I am actually looking forward more to watching that new league than I am the Super Bowl. Oh, what the, the, uh, the 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 Vince. alliance thing? Vince? Yeah, like one of the, the that alliance of American football. No, not not the XFL. The alliance of American football. Hopper. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, Zach Mettenberger. I think he is. I don't know if he's starting for the Memphis team, but anyway, long story short, I'm actually looking forward to watching that because, yeah. Hey, I tell you this much. I tell you this much. Dude, it can't be worse than the NFL. Because the way they're doing it, we're like, like, let's say like there's a team in Texas. They'll have like Johnny Menzel as their quarterback or like guys that played at at Texas A&M and at uh, UT in Oklahoma to get people to show up to the fucking games. That's fucking smart. That is smart. Yeah. So I'm I mean, looking shit, forward to the it. Shit's, the shit's already booked. Why not just be smart about it and do right. it the right way? Amen. Amen to that. All right. Hey, I got some shout outs real quick and then we'll get into the show. How's that sound? All that right. sounds beautiful. Dodger 49er. Right, so, no, 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 no. Disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Hall of Fame patron at K underscore row, and Mike Childry. Three of our big-time patrons, thank you very much for being big-time patrons and supporting this show. And then uh, some new patrons, uh, Bill Salsa, Hall of Fame patron, he moved over to Patreon, so thank you. New patron member, Eric Smalls, Ethan Allen, thanks for moving on to, moving over to Patreon as well. And then I got one more thing, and it's a question for you all, and it's something that happened on the Facebook group this week. And I think you all might be interested in this, because Doc, you and I talked about this week, this week but you don't know about it. So, Did somebody die? No. On Smoky Mountain Wrestling, episode 127, that dropped recently, about two to three weeks ago as of us recording this on January the 30th, 2019, we discussed one night when the Rock and Roll Express, they ran out of gimmicks to sell, as in gimmicks, as in bandanas, and Ricky Ricky Morton told a story on, I think he told it on Austin's podcast, but I'm not sure, that he and Gibson cut up a flat sheet into as many bandanas as they could, and they sold them. So... Here's the question that came up on the Facebook group from longtime BTT Hall of Fame patron at SV Pageum on Twitter. Hopper, he was uh, one of our friends we met at the ROH show last year. Oh, yeah? He, 
He said, Sam said, so the question is, they cut up the sheet, but was the sheet clean before doing so? Oh, I, fuck I, no, dude. They probably got a sheet from the hotel, yeah. Hold, they hold on. Some shit, from, some shit from the fucking Econo Lodge and just cut that shit up. So, I said no, and the sheet wasn't clean. Some poor bastard were, is sitting at home women, right now. There were women buying that and soaking it in water and then shoving it up in them trying to have a rock and roll baby. Yeah. That's nice. That's a good idea. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm going to take so my you... cum rag to the fucking sperm bank and see if I can get like 10 grand. <laughs> Do you remember when we, when we cut the Dallas Cowboy Ring Rat House episode? You yes. said that. You said that people were bringing the sofa cushions to the sperm bank and wringing them out. <laughs> you nasty uh, son of a bitch. Uh, I, I, told, I told you three years ago we needed a hard body Harper cum rag. Wow. <laughs> we do. It's called a. That way you can jizz on Harper's face. <laughs> We are the most unprofessional wrestling podcast in the world, right? Yeah. For a reason. I say somebody's got one of those ripped up bedsheet bandanas right now, and it's still got encrusted jizz on it. That's fucking gross, man. <laughs> it, it, it really is. is. It really uh, is. Don't put a blue light on that, some bitch. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Um, Doc, anything else before we get into some NWA action? Well, no. You sure about that? Was Why? there something I was supposed to do? No, I was just asking. No, I'm not I'm sure about kidding. anything. I've been drinking since about 1.30 this afternoon. You don't drink as much as you say. But anyway, we will get into NWA. It is from October the 24th, 1987, Saturday night on TBS. We are sponsored by you, the patron. If you're not one, please become one at tinyurl.com slash BTT. It is a great way to support this show on an ongoing basis and get access to all of the world-class reviews, the other off-the-cuff shows that we post, and the video reviews we do of the NWA show. So there you go. Uh, this show opens up. They open with Mighty Wilbur about to destroy Paul Jones, and then we go to the studio. And then the first match is Boogie and Bugsy, who defeat Eric Long and Tommy Angel, and these two are goofballs. There's no <laughs> other way to put it. Brett, I got um, something on this. Go ahead, right. please, because this is... We used to do this, and then we stopped for a while, because we're in year three, calendar year three of doing this. I also noted Conrad started to do this, too. Anybody want to guess how old these two are? Uh, and then get depressed. And forty-three. That's a great guess, Harper. Uh, Bugsy's forty-one. Jesus. He needs to quit drinking. And Bo- and Boogie is forty-five. Fuck, dude. They look like old men. <laughs> no shit. Because I'm gonna be forty-five this year. And I'm the oldest one here. And I think Harper's probably either 40 or 41. So we are all in that Bugsy and Boogie. Uh, and while y'all are ugly and I'm pretty, we all three look better than those two. Jesus Christ, man. God. <laughs> Bugsy is 41. That is How is that incredible. possible? <laughs> okay, so he's 41. Let me ask Harper first. How old does he look? 
Like uh, like fifty one. That's right. That would have been my guess. <laughs> okay, I would have been. This, I would have said the same thing. It looks like somebody's um, dad that you see like sitting in a garage pull my finger, with the pull garage. My yeah, pull my finger, drinking a Budweiser. With his haircut, he looks like a tenth grade history teacher. <sighs> Just telling his students to pull his finger. This is kind of like the discussion we had the first time we saw Ron Wright, and he was only like 52, and we're like, damn, some bitch look like he's 68 years old, and you just <laughs> you just can't believe you're looking at a person that's only 10 years older than you. It's it's a weird, very, very weird thing that you look at when you're watching this stuff. Because, yeah, it must, be all, the, it must be all the preservatives in these processed foods that we eat that are keeping us so young looking, but Jesus Christ. Doc, are you saying that Conrad stole that from you? Because you you started doing that years ago, right? Yeah, he steals everything else. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. He made, well, we'll... Comment. he made some comment about outreach a couple of weeks ago on Tony's show. <laughs> That's what I do. I do community outreach with at-risk That's nice. youth. That's nice. All right. So I we go. Just invite him on so that he can just listen and like be a part of it and ask questions about it. Maybe we'll okay. include that in our fee. We go then to. A promo with Boogie and Bugsy. The crowd is chanting, give Tony some sugar. Boogie tells us that Crazy Bugsy is one of us, baby. And Boogie says they are doing personal appearance and they are stars. I wasn't going to play it. I just wanted to ask Hopper his reaction and then Doc yours. Hopper, what... Do you have anything from these who are higher than Giraffe Snatch? It just seemed like a... It was... It's just so unscripted. Where they just where he starts playing with fucking Tony's papers and 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 it's it's a train wreck, but it's so a let, train wreck that's that you can't turn away from. Okay, so let me ask a question about this, and I'm gonna try to be a little bit serious here for a second. So we know that the sheep herders are in Crockett right now. So they have not taken over the mantle of the crazy, silly bushwhackers looking, looking people and all that. And we also know that Boogie has been sort of marginalized behind the scenes by Dusty for reasons I don't remember right now. Couldn't Boogie have gone north and gotten that shit over on a big stage for Vince? Yeah. Him and George Steele. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for as crazy as uh, Boogie seems as the Boogie Woogie man, he, he was really He over. should get over, man. Yeah, he, him and George Steele walk in, and George tries to kiss Elizabeth, and Boogie tries to kiss Macho, and then they <laughs> all, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? He, he would have been something on that WWF TV during this time. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a big character. And he'd right. been up he, before. Yeah, he's got that. Uh, you're right, Harper. He had that larger-than-life personality. He mm-hmm. was colorful, like Vince liked. You know, so, and he would do uh, anything. He's not afraid. He got his head shaved. He got his beard shaved. He'll make an ass of himself. Yeah, he'll get over. Yeah, I. And we know he didn't have to be Luthes to be up there. So I just wonder if there was ever any serious consideration. Since his spot was drain, you know, dwindling in Crockett, if there was ever any consideration to him going up north, you should put him yeah. on a show. 
He's already he's already loves us, so I don't know what else you want me to do. I got a, I got him to record something for us. I don't know what else I can do. No, no, you didn't. Uh, our longtime listener Bug- Jeff did. Bugsy was cute when you were eight, and he was in Texas, and he had long hair. But I don't know that he had the same ability to just the charisma that Boogie had. Uh, they they're floating on a cloud, bro. I mean, they're yeah. literally doing what Carrie Von Eric said when Carrie said, "I'm a cloud." I'm a cloud. Yeah, that's, that's true too. But Bugsy, man, he can't have short hair and pull this off. I just, I don't work for me. He's world class, and yeah. We go to the next match after Bugsy and Boogie, and it's Barry Windham who defeats John Savage. John Savage has a good build. We've talked about him before, and then we go. Hey, you know what? I just, I just reread uh, Dynamite Kids because uh, I own it. Dynamite Kids uh, autobiography. And he he was teaming with him, uh, J- that John Savage guy, up in the last days of uh, Stampede after uh, he, uh, Dynamite and uh, Davy Boy broke up as the new Bulldogs. There you go. Look at Doc actually adding What's something. Up? Somebody called Bix. <laughs> what? Okay. I got some. I know what I'm doing. I got wrestling historian knowledge and shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. Let me get this other beer here. Hold on. I brought a cooler in the bedroom with me so I could just keep <laughs> You ever that's try to explain you... to your kids why you're taking a cooler to beer to the bedroom? That's what you need to do when when we record a <laughs> Sopranos episode, whenever that happens. Just we all need to get wasted and watch that shit. God damn. Okay. Shit. Gee, twist my arm. Drunk Sopranos, that's what we'd call it. Anyway, Barry defeats John Savage. They go to a promo. Barry and Mike Rotunda. Uh, Barry starts pumping up the UWF title match with Dr. Death. Rotunda is talking about being a Florida champion. I don't have anything else from it, Harper. Did you? No. Rotunda was pretty bad there. No. Yeah. Uh, It was pretty just bland and blah, blah, blah. But anyway. so uh, They then go to Starcade Control Center. It's... Tony goes through more of the Starcade card. Once again, they'll unite the TV titles. Uh, then they throw us to a video package of Tommy Young being put to sleep by Hiro Matsuda and injured, uh, where Young starts bleeding from the mouth and Dusty in the faces make, to, make the save. Uh, y'all got anything from that? And then I'll get us to Dusty's promo. Bro, we talked about that last week. Yeah. I ain't yeah, got to talk about this. it again. Yeah, that's what I thought. So give me one second and we'll go to Dusty. Here he is. The presence of Hiro Matsuda, the Shogun, the master of the Japanese sleeper. We had a chance to talk to the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, after the injury sustained to Johnny Weaver. Let's hear from the Dream at this time. You know, they talk about Starcade 87, Starcade 86, Starcade 85, 84, 83, the biggest wrestling extravaganzas ever held in the history of my profession. Dusty Rhodes is a tremendous part of Starcade. Dusty Rhodes is a legend. Jim Crockett promotions of Starcade 87. Chi-Town Heat will bring the world the most dynamic night of wrestling anywhere ever seen. And Dusty Rhodes is a big part of that. And Mr. Crockett, I received the contract, have signed the contract for Starcade 87. With J.J. Dillon, Lex Luger, U.S. title, the cage, and stipulations. Because I think that Lex Luger deals with things that can be in the future. 
I deal with a blink of an eye. You know what I mean? As fast as you can snap a finger, millions are lost, titles are lost, lives are lost. You have to live for one day, one second, one blink of an eye, and you have to go for it. You have to reach out and go for it. Not until a little over a year ago did I realize the importance of this thing. When with one blink of an eye, Magnum TA was taken from us for a while. Then I said to myself, if you want to be something or do something, you have to reach out for it right there for that second. Dusty Rhodes is a legend. He is a legend in the sport. He is a legend in the world of wrestling in and out. He has no equal. The United States title has never been around my waist. Johnny Weaver taught me the Weaver lock. And with you, James J. Dillon, your obsession with Dusty Rhodes, the master shogun, Hiro Matsuda, steps into the picture. Not Lex Luger, not Ric Flair, not Tully Blanchard, not Iron Anderson, but Hiro Matsuda. And takes away a, a, a glimmer of life that Johnny Weaver had. And now Johnny Weaver tells me of the stories of Hiro Matsuda, and I know them well now. So Lex Luger, the contract is signed. Mr. Dillon, the contract is signed. You have to sometime reach out and go for it all. My career against the U.S. title. My life against the U.S. title. The career of the legend. And I'm going to change a phrase a little bit around right here. And this phrase will go down in history. Because Ric Flair once said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. But Lex Luger, to be the legend, you have to beat the legend. Starcade 87, Chi-Town Heat, Dusty Rhodes, puts my livelihood, my career on the line. That split second at being immortal. All right, Doc, I'll go to you first. What do you have from Dusty right there? I'm going to ask a question, but not for the reason you think. You think Dusty was drunk there? Nah, I don't think so. He mispronounced a couple of things, and he slipped out of Dusty speak and sounded like Virgil a couple of times. That's why I ask. Hopper, you think it he was, was drunk? I don't think he was drunk. Okay. But but I know what Doc's talking about. He didn't sound like Dusty there. He did sound different. Just, yeah, I'm not asking. I'm not like, oh, Dusty was loaded. I'm just, dude, he was, you know, I've been drinking since 1.30. What if I just told you my real name tonight? Oh, fuck. Right. Um, uh, maybe maybe it was because he was uh, sitting at the desk and he wasn't like in the Where is he or... now? Bruh, my... You know what he looks like? He's sitting in a trailer at a used car lot trying to convince me to buy a fucking 1983 Ford Granada. Jesus That's what Christ. he looks like. They still made the Granada in 83? I think so. 
Oh. It's, and it, it's, it, it, it is pictures in the background. Okay, so what's in the picture right by right. the other note? What Who are those people? It looked like a pitcher on a baseball diamond with a with a, a big head taped to it. I couldn't figure out what the hell. I was like, is that Ron Guidry back there? What the hell's going on? All right, so I froze it. I'm looking at it right now. I can't. The one right behind him to his left ear, I honestly thought that that was a picture of him playing softball, but I have okay. no idea. You, you just can't tell. There's one above his head to the left. It's a it's a guy and a kid. I have no clue. It's just too small. You can't see it. And then there's one all the way to the right. There's a black and white one. I just assumed that was him in his, you know, maybe 10 years ago, maybe who knows when. Uh, but it looks like it looks like him and someone else. I I have no clue. I'm just taking a guess. But to what Hopper said, <laughs> looks like he's sitting in a Banner Chevrolet trailer. Right. Sell a used car. It's like, what do I have to do to get you into that Lincoln Continental? Okay, so the Granada <laughs> was made from 75 through 82. There you go. So he, he was it, selling a used one. And it was a big bastard, too, I think. Ooh, it was, uh, towards the end, it was like a mid-sized car. Yeah, well, my, early on, it was a big bastard. Then they kind of right. shortened it up. And then he's wearing like a pink, there's like pink flowers and palm leaf fronds on the shirt, but he's wearing jeans and boots. And it was just, this whole thing was kind of a mess, but it wasn't bad. What do you think, Hopper? Besides the trailer? <laughs> I just, man, I just kept focusing on those fucking pictures on the wall and like, yeah. where the fuck is he? Somebody out there will know and they'll tell us. Oh boy. Thanks somebody. Anyway, um, I, you know what I had from it? He told Lex at the end to be the legend. You got to beat the legend. We've been yeah. hearing that for weeks. It ain't real. Nobody cares. Nobody That's... thinks Luger's going to be a legend. Luger thinks he's a legend. What are you talking about? Oh, like actually, Lex Luger thinks he's a legend. Probably. Right now. Probably. If you would ask, we should him. ask. Maybe we should ask Miss Elizabeth about that. Oh come on, we can't. Why? You are a fucking asshole that's nice i know what let's a go to JJ. let's go to jj dylan now he's going to respond to dusty and all this stuff so here it is dusty Rhodes and lex luger for the u.s heavyweight title and we heard from the american dream dusty Rhodes and mr crockett i know not only an important event but probably one of the biggest events you've ever signed coming up for starcade that's correct. Dusty Rhodes has put his career up against Lex Luger and the U.S. title in Chicago on Thanksgiving night. Mr. Crockett, with all due respect, <clears throat> what I see here in terms of a written contract and what you and I had in a verbal understanding does not coincide. You wanted your U.S. title match with Lex Luger putting it on the line against the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. That's real clear. You wanted your cage match at Starcade 87. That's real clear. But from that point on down here in page two, it doesn't read like we understood. When you talk about Dusty Rhodes putting his career on the line, when you talk about he cannot wrestle in the United States for a period of 30 days, that's not putting his career on the line. Now, if we talk about career on the line, number one, we're not talking 30 days. We're talking 90 days. And when you talk about putting a career in the United States, he's just as big a star in Europe, in South America, in Asia, and you promote over there too. I am going to destroy the career of Dusty Rhodes at Chi-Town Heat. You better get back with him. He cannot wrestle in the world. 
90 days. I will get I'm not back prepared to sign it before that. I know that he wants very much to meet Lex Luger for the U.S. title. Okay, fans, we have plenty more to go in this program. Hopefully, we'll get something resolved before the end of this program here today. I'm Tony Schiavone for the Wrestling Network for the Starcade Control Center. JJ's so great. Um, I know. Uh, that was good. He's so Jesus. professional. And he sounds so real. I only have one question. Yeah. Why is 90 days constitute putting his career on the line if 30 days doesn't? To me, putting your career on the line means you're done, dude. Yeah, that's my only issue with this when they did it. But I love JJ. I mean, JJ's be, I mean, he's telling, he's showing people why he's, that the horsemen who are great talkers need a guy like him because he's, He's he's dotting all the I's. He's crossing all the T's. He's reading that fine print. He's got everybody's best interest in in, in heart. He's earning his pay. Hopper, what did you have? He's just sounded so professional. He that's what I wanted you to do a few years ago when I wanted you to come be my manager at work, where you'd be like talking to my actual boss and be like, "No, nah, he ain't gonna do that." See right here in his contract, this is some bullshit. Okay, how do you yes. think my how do you think my boss would react to meeting Harper and having <laughs> Harper tell him that, Mike? That'd be great. <laughs> he, he Harper shows <laughs> up in a suit jacket with the sleeves cut off. First of all, T Rex has to go, <laughs> and it's broad playing with fucking rocks. Tell that bitch to go home. <laughs> and Doc. Doesn't work after two o'clock anymore. And that bitch that likes horses, bye, bitch. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I can see Booker Man looking at his first glance of Hopper <laughs> sleeveless would be like, What in the holy hell is this? And I- He's looking at Harper, and I'm just sitting there, leaning back with my arms folded. (laughs) Deal with him. Deal with him. I'm done with your shit. Yeah. (laughs) You're like like Anthony Davis talking to my agent. Right. (laughs) And the the real thing is is that there's thousands of people listening to this that don't understand how funny this would really be if you knew all the players involved. I mean, he's not a square. He's a good dude. It's just that Let's just say wrestling and things like that ain't his cup of tea. Okay, so, so. Let me, let, no, 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 no. I can, I can explain this. He's a, he's the kind of guy, Mike. You don't know him all that well, but if you had an emergency, like a, a, a dire emergency, and you said, "Can you please just watch my kids for an hour while I go take care of this?" He would do it, and you would feel okay with it. Yeah, he's a, he's a really, he's a really good dude. But. I told him the day after the Saints lost that that shit was booked and predetermined and some horse shit. And he got hot and upset because that just upsets his natural order of how the world should work. Like, what do you mean professional sports is, is rigged and booked? No, no, they just made a mistake. Do you do you remember that one time I like asked you, I was like, did you ever tell Booker Man that you like wrestling? And I think... Help me out if I'm wrong here in any way, but I think you told me you told him. You're like, yeah, man. You know, I kind of, I kind of used to watch it. I think is what you told him, and he looked at you and went, "You watch that stuff?" <laughs> or That's something like telling to that effect. Telling someone, telling someone like that now would be like 30 years ago telling them that you're gay. 
<laughs> Man, I might as well have just ripped the big ass, just ripped ass at his office. Just like, and, and well, and Mike, like when I met the menace here, it was like, we were talking about Monday Night Football when I first met him. And I was like, yeah, I flipped over to Raw a little bit, Monday Night Raw a little bit. Uh, but I watched most of the game. And he's like, oh, you watch Raw? And I'm like, yeah, from time to time. Because you got to kind of, you can't just. <laughs> you can't just throw that shit on somebody. <laughs> and, then, and then I'd known Mike for like, um, Mike Mike had like texted me and was like, hey, man, here's my number. And I was like, is, is this like a setup? Or are you, is this like your weed dealer or some shit? She's, <laughs> you know, black people. And, <laughs> and, and anyway, I go. Yeah, we were talking about somebody, man. I forget who we were talking about. Mike hadn't told me he was a wrestler. That happened in the break room one day. But um, he goes, yeah, I watched a little bit of uh, WWE. So we got onto something, and you slipped CMLL. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I started talking about something with CMLL, and I started talking about something in, else that 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 only someone who's – you would have to be into wrestling to have any clue what I was talking about. Because other than that, if I could have said those letters to anyone else, they would have walked in that break room and walked out and wouldn't have had a second thought. Bro, we used to – I still do, even though you you forget to come into work. You can whistle John Cena's theme and people don't know what the hell. It's like the ancient text. No, no, no. We got this is it. One more thing, and then we're going to get to this next bullshit segment of this show. Because uh, JJ did a fabulous job right there in that promo. I mean, he was he was spot on. But so Doc, whenever he would be walking around in the office or through the halls, he would whistle. I still do, actually. And so he would do that all the time. And nobody there has a clue what that is. Nobody. Even if people three... look it's not that people look down on you. People just don't know. They yeah. don't know. They don't know what that is. So one day he's doing it, and an African American lady who used to work there, she it it was like she she kept hearing it. She was like, "What is that? You and Mike always whistle." <laughs> <laughs> and, do you know who I'm talking about? Like, Doc? No, I don't remember. I was like, "Ask your black ass friend." I don't know. C uh C C C S is the initials. C S. No. Was no. was was my booker for a short time. It's not uh, Jamaica. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah. confronted you about the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's anyway, like, so it's just something you wouldn't care about it, you know. Right. <laughs> I just walk around whistling it, just kind of flying up a flag to see if anybody like engages it, like in the hallways. Because here's the thing: I got enough of a profile that people aren't really going to mess with me, and I don't mess with people. So I could just like whistle dumb shit. Nobody's gonna think anything of it. It's but nobody Aubrey. ever says anything. They just kind of look at me like, oh. He walks around the building whistling that to see. It's like a dog whistle to see if somebody <laughs> will catch on it, and nobody does. No one. <laughs> All right. Giving back to JJ because Mike gets to work at like six o'clock in the morning, and I'd be like second one in, and across the across the complex, I'd like whistle, and then I'd get I, it was like call and response. 
<laughs> so what about JJ again? What did he I, do? I just thought I thought he was the other thing he did there was spot on. Like he put Dusty over. He was like, he's a national star. He's a worldwide star. I don't want this band to just be in America. He goes to Asia, Africa, Canada. I want him to be able to not wrestle nowhere. And I thought that was a subtle way of him putting over Dusty while at the same time saying, nah, Jack, you ain't wrestling at all. Uh, and we're going to beat you. And we wanted it in the contract. So I thought that was really good. But It's the, old deal, of being, it's the old deal being smart. He's a worldwide superstar, and I'm going to end his career. Yeah. So we go from that to Mighty Wilbur, who defeats David Isley. And then they show a promo slash video segment where Mighty Wilbur lays out Paul Jones with a big shot to the chest and then a splash. And then they come back to the studio and they interview Mighty Wilbur. And he's done. Bro, this sounded so real. Yeah. It was so real. <laughs> Can I I tell you what, I don't I'm not gonna play the whole thing because it's over two minutes long, but I'm gonna play just like the first part of it. Just so that everyone can kind of get a feel for it. What were you about to say, Hopper? No, no, you can go ahead. All right, uh, here it is. This is just the first part. All right, listen, these fans love you. That's good. I love them too, you know. uh, First of all, I want to say that it's really, really nice being here, and I'm I'm glad to have the opportunity to be here. All these superstars of wrestling, you know. Get a break bread with uh, Hope, the Dream, and. Oh, the Garvin boys. and Yeah, yeah but where, where are you from? We really hadn't gotten into that. Well, I'm from Hayward, California, which is on the other side of the Rockies over there. And, and uh, out there, I was uh, picking fruits, and I worked in the grape vineyards and stuff <laughs> you out did. there. Did you, wait, a lot, a lot of hard grape? work. No, I, didn't, well, I tried not to step on too many of them, you know. And didn't make any money that way, but I was picking fruits and... Uh, a lot of hard, a lot of hard work, you know. And uh, a guy by the name of Red Bastine, I got to see him one day. We were up- All right, Doc. Right. Doc, do you, Doc, do you know who Red Bastine is? I do. He was the uh, the promoter, right? I don't know if he. Well, I mean, he was a he was a wrestler, but I was going to tell you. Do you know who Red Bastine also trained? Yeah, by? he was the commissioner at CMLL. No. Do you know who else he trained? Who? Was it Rod Jake? Price. Rod Price. Rod Price. Oh yeah. Know. So That's... that means in in a way he kind of he kind of trained you. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Uh, well, I would have said that, but. Maybe that's why you never got over in the wrestling business. You don't. There we go. There's the rib. Oh, of course. Ah, he's so funny. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. But Hopper, you were laughing when he was talking about Man. picking fruit and grapes and shit. First of all, I was not expecting him to say he's from California. Because, <laughs> right. Because when people say, "Oh, I'm from California," they would picture someone who looks like like Stan with the blonde hair and the 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 tan and it. That's who they would picture, not some big old uh, country Sting. guy. Yeah. Luger. Sting, Luger, a tan, nice body, blonde hair, not some someone who looks like they're from Hee Haw. Hopper, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I love uh, you. This is, this is why we I mean, love you. It's true. This is why we no, wait I, 15 <laughs> minutes every time we record for you to show your ass up. <laughs> it is okay. true, and then he's doing an immigrant's job out there, an undocumented yeah, alien. Fruit. 
Could you yeah. picture that big asshole picking fucking oranges and shit <laughs> with a bunch of Mexicans? <laughs> Pay, well, it pays better than Mullet of Morton in their damn warehouse job. <laughs> oh, so anyway, um, Aubrey, yeah, what do you <laughs> think? What do you think? What kind of warehouse do you think Mullet of Morton works at? What kind of sh- what kind of parts are they picking over there? Tractor parts, dildo parts. I don't know. What are they doing over there? A warehouse is, could be anything. I mean, it could right. be a small okay. warehouse all the way to something huge. So how, Not, but he he tweeted kind of huge, one time. What kind of huge company would hire those guys, though? Ah, that's a good question. But he did tweet something one time that he was watching one of the YouTube episodes back in the day. I remember him. I remember this tweet specifically because he said we had it on the fucking big screen and we we were watching it on the job and the boys were rolling is what he said. I was like, I support that. I was like, you had it on the projector. And I was like, what the fuck kind of warehouse? But anyway, I don't know. Why not? Yeah. I I, I want everybody to do that. Yeah. uh, There you go. Uh, Harper, anything else here from mighty Wilbur, who to me is, their version of Hillbilly Jim, but from California. Oh, God, it's worse than Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> I don't feel like we should spend a lot of time on this. Yeah. He's I mean, not Hillbilly Jim was, he, I don't know, man. This is, I kept waiting for this to end, and he kept talking and kept dragging on. And I don't have a problem with it. I just know it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, one last thing before we move on. He sounded like literally a fan that you would stick on a right. microphone like some, in front of a camera. Like somebody from the news when they fucking interview somebody that right. saw like it, that saw like a, a fucking bad wreck or something. I was just uh driving to my job and you know, I pick oranges and you know, I'm from California and Yeah. Yeah, Paul Jones. Hi mom. <laughs> right. I thought That's that was exactly. the best part. <laughs> But he's got that all shucks thing going. But again, it it's not really going to lead anywhere. So whatever. No. We we go from that to the new breed defeating Gladiator One and Bob Riddle. Chris Champion is back from his car accident. Tony is trying to sell us that the cast that Champion is wearing has circuits on it, and then Crockett says maybe it's a bionic bionic arm. And I just was like, it is. Wow. So Champion was out long enough for him to grow a completely different shitty haircut. <laughs> Dude, yes. cue it up. Cue it up. Um, 32, try 3204 for some Sean Royal stepping. Oh, yeah, I saw that. What's he doing there? I, I don't know. They're the new breed. I mean, was he trying to uh, imitate Baron? Because that's Baron? exactly what he yeah. did. But Baron's gone. It doesn't. Make, it yeah. didn't make sense at all. Baron's gone, and he's goose stepping. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, so we'll keep moving. We got a. They defeated Gladiator One and Bob Riddle. Uh, they. We then go to Ronnie Garvin, who Ronnie was fired up. I, I wasn't going to play it, but he called himself the People's Champion. I, I thought he. I thought he cut a decent promo as champion. Doc. Don't get too attached to that belt, son. 
Yeah. All right. Hopper, you anything? Not really, no. No. Did you? What'd you think of his suspenders with his lime yeah, green shirt? Yeah, with the fucking sunglasses on. The fuck? Come on, Ronnie. Straighten up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, after Ronnie cuts a promo, again, he was fired up. It was good. He called himself the people's okay. champion. But yes. we got the war- Warlord and Ivan Koloff. They defeat Rick Ryder and Rex King. Then go to- okay, so the Warlord wear- wears high-waisted pants. Yes. Name one person that's ever pulled that look off well. None. Right. I don't know. Hawk Hawk kind of pulls his up. Animal yeah. Does too. That he would be the only one. Uh, okay. I just named two people. You're saying the only one. I'm confused. You said the hawk. You said hawk. Who else? Animal does the same thing. He's busting a sag, bruh. Okay. You just is that still is that still a thing in our community? Do we still call it that? I have no clue what you're talking about. Busting the sag. Busting the no. sag. Yeah, r- r- having your pants run low, dude. When I when I complete my busting a sag. Busting. If busting. you don't sound like a fucking forty-three-year-old white man that is lost, I don't know what does. When I complete my paperwork for my race turn, do I need to like lose my belt? Is that part of up, this? Up next is Paul Jones. Uh, he's fuck just, this guy. God, he's lost in 1987. Jesus Christ, dude! Did I remember? Uh, I was listening to one of uh, uh, Cornette's. Uh, I think it was a drive-through where someone asked, you know, what's up with Paul Jones? You know, he, he's you know poo-poo. And, he's, and he said that he heard the rumor he he, he was always there because he was an office stooge, and that's why he he uh, hung around. So, but it's man, this. But is he was bad. so over in North in the in the Carolinas right. that he probably had enough history with the Crockett's that he was always going to be figured in somehow. And I can't. I mean, Vince did that with people. I mean, that did, that's just a thing, right, Mike? Um, that is true. Classy Freddy Blassie and, uh, Lou Albano. Yeah. Lou Albano. Paul Jones was over even a year and three months before this, even though he wasn't Paul Jones from the mid Atlantic area. Uh, number one, Paul Jones, but he was over. How was he over? Who did he, who? Right. Well, no, with it, with the army of misfit toys, I call them. That's what the, 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 nah, the nah, that wasn't over. Pe- Shaska got himself over, well, but the rest of those guys weren't over. No, nah, I thought Paul was a big part of that with the whole bald headed geek thing and the crowd. I mean, the crowds like that shit. It wasn't no top feud. I mean, it was mid card stuff, but he was still over with it, and they were they were still making money. But by, by this point, though, this is just it's yeah. a, he's a well. Shell and of so anything. here's the thing. We're deep into 87 now. Man, I think Harper was right. The times are changing, man. Yeah. I kept waiting for him to shut up. And it was like, okay, Ivan's going to fucking come in for the save. And he just says, blah, 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 blah. And he leaves. I'm like, fuck, man. Ivan was mouthing off on the way out, though. And that yeah. looked cool. Harper got hot over it. <laughs> uh, well, shit, gonna... man, this shit's 80 minutes long. We need the college football scoreboard to cut into this shit. Come on, Greg oh, Sager. Well, let's let's hype it up. Let's go to Ric Flair now because Rick is out to speak. 
And we're back at ringside, our second hour with the one and only Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Rick, I know you've been a lot of big events in your career, but I know Thanksgiving of 87 is going to go down one of the biggest, most important of your career. Well, Tony Schiavone, never let it be said that Rick Flair doesn't rise to the occasion. Because my entire career, my entire life, I have been the cream. I have been the finishing touches. I have been the individual that made the difference. And now, professional wrestling, Jim Crockett Promotions, Starcade 87, the grandest wrestling spectacular of all time, a multi-million dollar production. Chicago, Illinois, the chosen city, right in the middle of America, so that the whole world, five, ten million strong, can turn on their TVs, can watch closed circuit, can sit in a building, and they can see the greatest athletes in this sport perform for all the glory, notoriety, prestige, and most of all, for all the money. Ronnie Garvin stands out here, and he would tell the world that he is the man that is going to beat Ric Flair twice, because we know he beat me once. He's in the history books. He's a record maker. He pinned woo, the nature boy. One, two, three. He did it. But Garvin in Chicago, keep in mind the personalities involved. Dusty Rhodes, a multi-millionaire. Don't ever let it be said. Don't let Big Dust camouflage it with those blue jeans and cowboy boots. Dusty Rhodes, the commodity, is a millionaire. You know why he's in Chicago? Because he wants to be the U.S. champion. He wants the prestige. Ric Flair, GQ Magazine, Playgirl Magazine, the greatest wrestler and best dressed athlete of all time. Walks the aisle, not because he needs the buck, but believe me, a million dollars on my side of the fence will look a lot better than Ronnie Garvin buying a new pickup or a new pair of suspenders. In other words, when I walk the aisle, in my case, like Dusty Rhodes, it's notoriety, it is fame, it is the essence of this sport that makes me go to Chicago. And if you think for one minute, with people like Bruce McArthur, the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks, sitting right here, front row, that I'm going to be at any less than my almighty best. Then, pal, you are sadly mistaken. Garvin, you did it once. Now you got to do it again. The Road Warriors. That's the line. What are they there for? Because they've never been the world champions. To sum it all up, Chi-Town Eats, we're going to win all the money, have all the notoriety, and then we're going to kiss the girls and make them cry. Woo! All right, I'll just say it. It wasn't Rick's best, but no. he said, pal, you did it once, and now you got to do it again. Well, I mean, he's preaching right there. That's the gospel. What did you have, Hopper? It was it was not his best promo. Yeah, I agree. 
Doc, what about and, you? Oh, go ahead. Keep going, Hawk. And that is true. When you think about it, the Road Wars, I don't think they were ever fucking champion, were they? NWA world champ, like in this right. era, are we talking? Uh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yet. International. In, right, not yet. International. Um, ta- well, NWA international bullshit. champ. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cornetta said that though a bunch of times because I've heard people send it into the drive through, like what the deal was, why they never champ. He's like, he's like, man, they, they never they needed the need belts. It. They, they, they. <laughs> it's crazy because if you think by, back to this era, while you might like sing the praises of the rock and roll and midnight because for obvious reasons, if somebody were to ask you, I'm not going to say they were the best like during this era, but still, it's like they didn't need the belts and you still probably thought they were number one. The other thing to consider is that it it seems easy to say that rock and roll was over with the ladies and all that shit, but was rock and roll really over in the locker room with the bookers? Because they were still considered small back then, so they needed the belts for legitimacy. The road warriors just needed to hit that ring and beat ass. Yeah, Harper, who'd you think back back when you when you were watching? You know, because I know like didn't you get into it real good in like eighty eight and eighty nine and shit? Yeah. So who like during that time period, even though the the Warriors may, you know, who who did you think eighty eight eighty nine? No matter who had the belt, who did you think was like the top team? The Road Warriors. Where'd you put the Midnight? Uh the Midnight were heels. I just you know I fucking hate them. Fuck yeah. you. That's how I mean. That's how I looked at it. And weren't you at the municipal the time that for the Road Warriors and Midnight match? I think I was, yeah. Because I went to, like, a lot of those fucking shows, dude. I remember one time the fucking Steiner Brothers, there was some da- kid with Down Syndrome <laughs> in the front. In the oh front. Uh, Careful. Careful. In the front row when he's, like, doing, you know, he's fucking, he's uh, reacting to fucking everything. Right. And, and I forget who the, who they were uh, wrestling against because they were, you know, the faces. And they picked that kid up and they put him in the fucking ring and, and he chased a guy around and everything, and, and everyone was fucking screaming and like, yeah, get him, get him, get him. That shit was great. <laughs> I thought he was slow going cook- somewhere else with that. Slow slow cooker. Yeah. No clue what you're talking about. Remember the um, meme I sent you with the Oh, that was right, dirty. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's a slow cooker. Y'all just don't know these wow. these these hooligans here. These two, they send what, what memes. I say? <laughs> they send memes <laughs> back and forth, like probably about one or two a day. Get a meme, but they're always sending these nasty, dirty ass memes of just utter filth and disrespect. I believe the term would be depravity. It's pathetic. This stuff, y'all. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> slow cooker. You know, it's funny every right. now, every crock now and <laughs> crockpot. Every now and then, I said I'll show my wife a meme that like we'll, we're sending between ourselves, and I just get the look of y'all are so immature. What's she doing with her life that's so fucking mature? Yeah, oh, you know, watching HGTV. And... Right. Hey, so real quick story about uh, reality TV. Uh, Doc, you know, we couldn't have our we couldn't have our BTT Christmas party this year because your wife literally told you that she wasn't inviting me and my wife over because you and I would talk wrestling. That's a hundred percent shoot. 
This is what this is what Mrs. Doc told Doc. So what's wrong with that? I, well, she goes, I'm fine with having Sasha over, and I like Mike. Unless y'all are just gonna sit and watch wrestling, and then I'm not doing that. She she literally put conditions on Doc to say if they come over, she told Doc. You and him can't talk wrestling. And Doc was like, fuck this. I don't even want to do it if there's conditions on inviting company over. I was like, this, so, sounds, too, I was like, this sounds too complicated, man. Because like halfway through our little shutdown, our break, she's like, I thought they were going to come over. I was like, eh, it got too complicated. She goes, what do you mean it got too complicated? I was like, you complicated it. I, I can't do it. I gotta, <laughs> give me a beer, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway... The last two nights, I catch my wife watching TV. You know she's watching? Total Bellas. Oh, God. That Miz has a show now. You should just cancel your cable and not tell her. Well, it's on Hulu, too, so I'd have to cancel that as well, but whatever. Anyway, um, she's on Total Bellas. And then she'll start asking me about matches on there. Like, I don't know. That was six months ago. Anyway. uh, Okay, we'll keep moving. Um, after Flair, did y'all have anything else on Flair? I should ask you that, Doc. Anything else? Not his best. I mean, I'm involved. I'm engaged and all, but I don't know. I think Harper said it. It's like there's no memorable lines, but yeah. I mean, it's Rick in '87. He's not gonna. He's not gonna strike out out there. Yeah. We go to the next match. It's Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. They defeat Thunderfoot One and Robbie Idol. And every time I see Thunderfoot 1, I think back to when we first started doing Saturday Night Reviews and J.J. Dillon was managing this guy. I know. And that, that that's crazy. That guy was in Starcade. J.J. <laughs> Dillon got his come up, pal. Yeah. That's what I'm is saying. This, is It's unreal to think that he was managing Thunderfoot. And we can thank Buddy Landell because Buddy Landell just said, fuck it, I ain't showing up to work. And J.J. Dillon is no longer managing Thunderfoot or Buddy, and he's managing the Horsemen. You think JJ oh. was always nice to Buddy after that? That's a good question. I wonder. Does JJ still do a show? I fuck. I don't know. I don't. I guess I, I got to find out because I got to call him and his was it Bachini or whatever and see yeah. if they they want Harper and I to show up and uh, spruce up the ratings. But yeah, I don't know. Can't say. <laughs> uh, you ever read the reviews on some? <laughs> I was reading the reviews. No, I don't know. No, no, no. Listen, never, read. never read the comments on anything. The comments oh, are, where the, are, are where the saps <laughs> and the shitheads hang out. Yeah. Oh, man. Poor JJ. Anyway, I won't go there. Um, I like JJ, for the record. Um, he can take a little while to tell a story, but I like him. Uh, we then get Jimmy Garvin, Michael Hayes, and Precious cutting a promo. Let me just put this out there. I'm getting tired of Jimmy and everybody, not just Jimmy, but it's going to happen a second with, in a second with Kevin Sullivan. They're out there talking about Dusty beating Lex, Ronnie beating yeah, Rick. Dude. I mean, are y'all <laughs> fucking? I don't know, but you need to get over to Michael Hayes because Michael Hayes. Dude, Michael man, Hayes is awesome. Dude, he had a rap here. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Hold Cue on one up, second. Bud. I am. You know, do you have a... Do you, know a, you know what a Leonard Skinner is? Because he's about to talk about it. Hold on. Give me a second. I'm trying to get to the part where Hayes... There it is. Okay. So let me... Um, here we go. Chicago, we what, Michael? Out, baby. You know, it's like Leonard Skinner said. Ask me no questions. I tell you no lies. And I tell you no lie at all. When not every man in professional wrestling would give his left 
arm to be in Starcade. It is a matter of honor, and we are honored to be there. And we now found some opponents. We found out that Larry Zabisco, international star, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, international mouth runner, and Rob Ricksteiner won a six man. So we went out and we got us a partner. We went and got Sting. Man, call Sting. Think about this. Think about it hard. When it comes to six-man tags, don't nobody know them better than P.S. So, shot down get ready, because the heat is on. Whoa. Michael Hayes got that rap going. What you got, Doc? Dude, he was flowing. Remember we used to talk about that, like, Morton and all them, when they're doing their just they're, – they're in the flow. Bob Armstrong does this. It's that same, just – there's a cadence to it. There's a there, you can watch the. Remember when you were a kid, the little bouncing ball to help you learn how to read. There's that that ball has that same bounce to it. It's got a rhythm. He's got that going. And, and let me tell you something. For that audience at that time, Skinner was a much better reference than David Allen Coe was a year earlier. Yeah. Shit, even I know that. Skinner'd be a better reference today. And some things you could do. Skinner was badass. We need to talk about that sometime on the podcast. Skinner was a badass band. You're gonna get a lot of DMs about that because you don't know a damn thing about Leonard Skinner other than Freebird, probably. Yeah. Like, but Leonard <laughs> Skinner was a badass rock band. They were progressive too. They liked the black man. I I'm saw... as free as a bird now. I used to like that. I ain't gonna lie. That's right. I saw him. I saw him live once. How was that? What was... year? Oh, God, this was like a couple of years ago there with uh, Hank Williams Jr. Not a lot of original members still still <laughs> hanging out in there. Fuck no. Damn. He yeah. sounded aggressive. Fuck no. Okay. Uh, we'll keep it moving. Kevin Sullivan defeats Terry Jones. If you're watching on Patreon, you saw that. Remember, tinyurl.com slash BTT is how you can get the video version of the reviews. My God, Kevin Sullivan whooped that guy's ass. He didn't run. Oh, he, wrestled like a, he wrestled like a heel, man. Yeah, dude, when he's holding them down and just slapping the shit out of them, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm like, and that's my problem is, like, that's that's awesome and stuff, but then he's gonna come out and cut a promo that I hope you're not gonna play. Where no, he's just, I'm not. He's just doing play by play on everything else that's going on in the promotion. And I'm like, what the hell? So he kicked. Terry Jones on the outside, he was on the ring apron, and he kicked the shit out of him in the head. It was just ridiculous. And you're right. Harper, anything else on the match before I just kind of say what I had from the promo without playing it? I mean, I'm just waiting for him to come out with, with the fucking Letterman's jacket with fucking Mike Rotunda. It's coming. Okay. It's coming. Yeah, That's what too. I'm waiting for. Yeah, <laughs> I think we were all at that point. But anyway, he cuts his promo after, and he, he first he asks Tony if it's hot in here, and Tony says no, and Sullivan says, I must have Chi-Town fever. And then immediately after that, he just starts filibustering about Jimmy Gar. I'm sorry, Ronnie Garvin and Ric Flair. He starts talking about the two uh, TV champions battling each other. Then he's talking about Dusty and Lex and... Um, and in the, the war games that's coming up in the Nassau Coliseum, I believe it is, and it's just like for three minutes long, he talks about nothing. He doesn't even talk about himself. It's like he's a he's like a walking infomercial every time he comes yeah. out there. It's, it's the only way I can put so, it. And he has so much more to offer than that. 
Yeah, that's what I'm, that's my point. He's Sullivan's a good promo. I mean, we've said this for years on the show. Or and, he, and he can deliver insanity. Right. And he's just out here doing whatever. But, Hopper, anything from this before I keep going? No. Starcade Control Center, we go back to that. And this gets pretty interesting because um, we're going to get a, another response, if I can get to it on the pay, on the video. And hold on one second. Uh, here it is. Once again at the Starcade Control Center. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Schiavone. Mr. Jim Crockett with us once again. Earlier in the program, obviously one of the most important days in professional wrestling leading up to Starcade 87, Chi-Town Heat, we talked about the contract between Dusty Rhodes and Lex Luger, and James J. Dillon had a lot of concerns about it. J.J. had a lot of concerns. I talked to Dusty Rhodes, and I've never seen Dusty so determined in, in wanting a match so badly. He agreed to every one of James J. Dillon's demands. Dusty has put his career up for 90 days against the U.S. title, the legend versus the total package. It'll be in a cage, fans, and now we have two cages in Starcade. The heat is on, Chi-Town heat, and it's obvious it's more than just event. It's a battle of survival, Starcade 87. But let's talk about another event to be signed during Starcade, and we're joined by the manager of the Midnight Express, Mr. Jim Cornett. Mr. Jim Cornette has been obsessed with his entire career with the Rock and Roll Express. Several months ago, he signed a contract to meet the Rock and Roll Express at Starcade. Blank. Ricky and Robert have signed it. The Midnight Express will meet the Rock and Roll Express in a Skywalker match. A scaffold, 15 feet what? above the ring. Why you Hey, let me tell you something. I got you pegged, brother. I got your number, Jimmy Crockett, you little creep. What you've been trying to do all along is cheat us out of everything that we deserve. You haven't been able to do that good enough, so what do you want to do? You want to bump us off. You want to get rid of us once and for all. Well, let me tell you something right now. I know exactly how dangerous those things are. There's a list of guys as long as my arm had gotten hurt and hurt real bad in a thing like that, and I'm one of them. I got hospitalized. I blew my knees out. I still ain't recovered, and that's what you're trying to do to us. The Midnight Express don't want no part of it because, for one thing, you got to be an idiot to want to get involved in it. And like you say, I'm obsessed with the Rock and Roll Express. Okay, maybe I am. But I'm obsessed enough to know everything about them, brother. And I know that seven or eight years ago, they're the ones that invented the Skywalker match in the first place. And sure, they've spread the idea around to all of their friends. But they're the experts at it. They're the masters at it because they're the ones that come up with it. And that's what you want to get us involved in. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I'm going to sue the pants off you. I'm going to sue you for every penny you got. I am going to... Don't you interrupt me. You let me have my say. I'm going to sue you. I don't care what you say. I'm going to sue you and your shyster lawyers in court, brother. But I'll tell you one thing, and you look at my eyes and you listen to me real good. If you send us up in the air on that scaffold with the Rock and Roll Express, your fair-haired boys, the guys that you love so much, I'm going to promise you one thing. Ain't no way to tell what can go on up there because anything can happen. You're liable to get your neck broke, but I'll say this. We're going to do everything that we humanly possible can, brother, to send the Rock and Roll Express head first off into space. It's going to be the day that music died at Starcade 87. If you send us up there, I'm getting out of here. I'm sick and tired of you people trying to corrupt us. Trying to... All right, fans, there it is from the Starcade Control Center, the heat is on two great announcements here today i'm tony shivani from the start all right so real quick dusty agrees to put his career on the line for 90 days which still doesn't make sense because it's 90 days so I, you know whatever but then Cornette blows a gasket doc what do you have he muted himself uh, as oh, yeah usual. yeah uh, hopper what do you have? hey hey he... don't you right. don't well, you fuck you me. don't you interrupt fuck me. you now, that was a great line when he said, don't you interrupt me.
<laughs> I think he almost scared. I think he almost scared Crockett. Crockett was sitting over there going. Last week it was. I hope nobody knows that I'm high. This week he had to look in both segments of. Shit, they know I'm high, but I don't want to look too high. So what do I do to get out of this situation? And then Corny blows a gasket. It probably did make him paranoid. I mean, the way Corny jumped, it was almost like he was scared. But anyway, uh, what else you have? Oh, you never, you never been good and proper high, so you wouldn't know, would you, Mike? Mm, I mean, uh, been drunk, so it does that. No, I mean, high is different, right, Harper? Yeah. Harper, what do you know about being high? I thought you were a good Catholic boy from Metairie. I am. I don't do that oh. shit. Okay, all black people I... smoke weed, right? All black people smoke weed. Oh, yeah. all, right. all black people smoke wow. weed. Hmm. That's not a stereotype. Well, wow. I mean, I'm I'm just saying. I think he, is saying official, he is just saying. I mean, it's the official scent of uh, New Orleans ease. Allegedly. Allegedly. Anyway, what you drinking? Uh, uh, I'm drinking a local. It's a. It's called RAR. R A H R. It's made in Fort Worth. It's a lager. It's it's a nice little beer there. It's a nice little two uh, Wednesday night. I'm sorry, I lost a day there. It's a nice little Wednesday night. Pick me up. Some bullshit. Anyway, all right. So, Doc, anything else there from Corny? No, because we got some more Corny coming up. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck's wrong with my notes? I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't. I can't answer that. I don't know. Okay. All right. There we go. So <laughs> I guess we'll see. Tully and Arn defeat Keith Steinborn and Alan Martin. Um, the graphic is wrong though, because it's some other guy, some other job guy, not Martin, because Martin is in the next match. But whatever. And then we got Mike Rotunda who defeats actually Alan Martin in the next match, and it was Alan Martin there. Anything on those two matches? No. What about the new breed? <laughs> no. Come on, it's good, dude. Did you hear it when they they showed like the the uh, slow motion replay? You hear one of them say like, "Yeah, I hit them with my with my nuts or the groin." It's something about the balls hitting them in the face or something like that. On what replay? When they do the the, the new breeds match, right? Oh. When they do the finisher. Okay, I didn't hear that. It, yeah. Do they say it in a promo or actually? No, the show. You you can kind of hear it like in like it's they're like on the side. It's like uh, oh, okay, okay. Like the mic picked it up. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So so Doc, why you don't want, why you don't want to hear the new breed here? I don't know. Fuck it just you. doesn't. I it like doesn't. this cast. Fans have welcomed them back. Chris Chambers is back in the new breed. Back together, Chris. Well, you know, Tony Schiavone, it's good to be back in the saddle again. It's good to be riding that ring. It's good to be beating people up. But it's not good when I sit back and watch what they did to my partner, Sean Royal. Like three Zandorian night beasts trying to take him out of professional wrestling. But as you can see, you didn't get the job done. He's standing right here. You didn't try hard enough. But Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express, we are going to try just enough. And we are going to take you out of professional wrestling. Finish you off. 
so nobody has to worry about you. Not your mother, not anybody. And Sour Stan and Ugly Bobby is never going to have to worry about getting that ring again. Isn't that right, my friend? Well, we've, done, we've done a little research and we found out that Jim Cornette is not actually a Cornette. He is a member of the Lee family. Big Mama being fugly, Big Jimmy being chumly, and the, the gangster of love who's supposed to be so beautiful, Mr. Fugly himself, and then the man who says so many words, stand there, Big Blubber Bobby, dumbly. Not to mention the newest addition, Big Blubber. Well, Big Blubber, New Breed has no trouble with you. And then they, the Midnight Express is very lucky because they didn't sign a scaffold match with the new breed. We were born on that scaffold, baby, high up in the sky. What? And you are very lucky that you didn't sign for a match Starcade with the new breed on that scaffold. Thank you. Very much. Bitch. How did he not so, find this if, ridiculous? If you go to his Wikipedia page, pretty soon after this, Sean Royal's going to retire and go into construction. What if he's as bad at construction as he is at cutting promos? I think he yells at him. He's like, hey, if I want to drop that that fucking bulldozer, I'll, I'll, you're one of the fuglies. <laughs> I just think that everything he builds might fall over. Um... Man, I mean, you, you act, you know, his promos are nowhere as near as bad as Tim Horner. Just saying. Fucking Tim, Hor- Tim Horner's not out here in front of 75,000 million people right now. Oh, actually, he has been, so you can't say that. The Lightning, the Lightning Express, dog. Get yeah. him back out here and I'll make fun of it. All right. I got to beat After- the team that's in front of me. Rock and Roll Express. That's, wh- that's why Alabama plays the Alcorn State and shit. Rock and Roll Express defeats Larry Steven and Tony Suber. Rock and Roll cuts a promo. Ricky's fired up, talking shit about the scaffold match. I don't have anything else from it. Harper, do you? Uh-uh. Doc? No. Midnight Express defeat Italian Stallion and George South. Cornette is filibustering the entire Bruh. time on commentary. Here's my note. Just try talking as fast on any topic as long as much as Cornette does. And not repeat yourself. Yeah. Just say words that are generally on most levels different than the words you just said. For as long as he talks cutting a promo on somebody or talking about a general topic. See what happens. You're blown up. It's not just that. You just run out of shit to say. I think Corny's a re- really a woman because that's the kind of shit a wife would do when you get home. How was your day? <laughs> Man, my day was all right. How was yours? And then, yeah. Let's not talk about the PTA right now, Doc. What? Let's not talk about the PTA right now. Oh no, I don't want. That's a patron episode. That is a patron episode. Let's keep going. So, uh, Midnight Express, they, like I said, they defeat Italian Sagan and George South. Cornette, again, filibuster, and as usual. J.J. Uh, Dillon and Lex Luger come out. Um, I do no. like what Le- what Lex says. If Dusty is gone for 90 days, he disappears and is out of sight and out of mind. I kind of like that, but then Lex just starts rambling. Harper? He goes you? too long. Yeah. It's just... Well, here, Here's my problem with the whole thing. They got enough talent on this roster that if they were managing 
this thing correctly, you could package Luger in a way that it's a lot better than he's packaged because he's not being exposed. I'll get to this in the grade in a minute, but it's just like, dude, don't let him sit out there and ramble if he's a greenhorn. Rick wants to ramble. Dusty wants to ramble. Okay. JJ needs to be the one talking. Luger, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I'll backtrack a little bit on this. Luger can be effective talking in very limited small doses. So if you give him 30 seconds, he can be fine. But if you're going to say he's going to go on for a minute and a half, two minutes, it's too much. Didn't happen. Halper, any thoughts on Luger right there? Fuck Luger. No. <laughs> Whoa. What time do you got to get to work, pal? Let's go. Eddie Eddie Gilbert is out there. Harper's Harper's double park. Shit. (laughs) Eddie Gilbert's out there promoting the TV titles. He really doesn't say, I mean, anything new. Um, Thoughts for Matt Doc? No, no, I don't have any. Ricky Santana comes out, and he defeats Thunderfoot, too. What the fuck? Any thoughts on Ricky Santana? Any of you? Um, About the promo? Oh, well, the match, and then we'll get I'm to the I'm sitting promo. here watching this, and it's a minute and 22 minutes and 22 seconds. And I'm thinking, okay, fucking Ed, Eddie Gilbert's it. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. What the fuck is this? Right. And this match started. And I was like, how long is this match going to be? And then it ends, and I was like, they're going to do a fucking promo now? And it's just like, oh, he's like, okay, okay, go, go, bye. And I was like, this poor bastard. Okay, so the first thing you want to feel real old, that little youngster out there is in real life now 60 years old. Jesus Christ. Time passes. Time flies. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Um. Hey, we were, (laughs) at this point, we were either... Uh, what nine, twelve, or thirteen? So yeah. hey, I was like ten, yeah, nine, right. ten years old. Ten, twelve, and thirteen, and uh, we're some whole bastards now too. So okay, keep going, Doc. I got nothing, man. I, I was like, really? Who is his? Yeah. Well, and it's not really about him. It goes back to when we start grading this episode. I have some thoughts. So let's do that then. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm not. It's not his fault. Yeah. So what? Let's let's just go to the grades. And what do you what do you grade in this one, Doc? Well, so you're telling this whole thing has some problems here. Yeah. About how how they're putting shit together. So you're telling me last week Sting debuts, but he's not out here this week. Well, don't worry. You gonna get your fill of Sting. Uh, my point is. Like, I'm trying to be objective here. Whether or not I like him or not, if if he's a new exciting guy, where is he? And Arn and Tully are there, but they get no mic time. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for that, and I was like, "Fuck, bye." Boy, so, you ain't so, kidding on that one. So it ain't Ricky's fault, Ricky Santana's fault that he got mic time because it wasn't he. He didn't go into Dusty and go. I need mic time, and then Dusty goes, you know right, baby, you know right. Let me cut Arn and Tully. But Ricky got to talk, and Arn and Tully didn't get to talk. 
And so no Sting, no Warren and Tully, no Sheep Herders, no Terry Taylor. We're not – how are we building on these angles? It just feels – I don't feel like everybody that went out there, like we said, Rick – didn't have his best promo and it's still great. So don't get me wrong, but it's just, it's not all put together. It's not squared away. It's not the way it ought to be. And so I wasn't sitting there for an hour and 20 minutes. Like this is bullshit, but there were parts of it. I was like, this could be so much better. And for that, I feel like I'm being real generous when I say B minus. That is real generous. What you giving it Hopper? A C. Same reasons. Same reasons, and it was an hour and twenty fucking minutes. Twenty-two <laughs> minutes. Last week it was an hour and fucking twenty minutes. What's the other two minutes for? Some some bullshit, huh? Yeah. I'm gonna agree with Doc. Uh, I almost gave it a C plus, uh, but I, I I'll give it a B minus only because I really like JJ's segment. I thought JJ was a star, and that's the only yeah. reason it's getting to be minus. And, and it, it, it's dude, Rick needs that belt back. Mm. He needs that belt back now. So for everybody who used to say that I'm, I'm just busy sucking Rick's dick. Look who just said that. I don't like him as the chaser. I, he, I, I would be okay with him as the chaser if Garvin was a better champion. And that's not a yeah, thing on Garvin. Garvin's oh, a hell true. of a professional wrestler. Garvin's a hell of a badass. But he's not hes not an NWA World Heavyweight Champion in the sense that we think of it as. Garvin, Garvin deserved a title run, but it's, it's, it's really, really hard watching Garvin as a champion. And then Rick, it just, he, it's just, it's. I don't know, man. It's it, it was one of those things. I don't know which one of y'all said this. Where he won the title, and it was like, yeah, he finally did it. And then it's like, okay, where we go now? <laughs> we gotta get it yeah. back to Rick. That's just how it felt, man. Um, and and the thing was, you never had like to me. You you just didn't have it at that point. There was nobody. It was it wasn't gonna be anybody else at that point. It was so not there's gonna a- be anybody else. It's easy to hindsight book things. It's easy to book things 30 years later. It's easy to do a lot of things. But if Sting's your young guy and Arn and Tully are your shit heels, where are they on this episode? Oh, they wrestled or Arn and Tully did, but they didn't get any mic time. And and, and so my my point is this. I don't personally like Sting and Luger, but I could see why a promotion would push Sting and Luger. So if you're going to push Sting and Luger or Sting, let's get him out there. Let's get him exposed to the crowd. Let's get them familiar. Because right now, Boogie's more over than Sting. Yeah. They're, in, they're, in, they're kind of in no man's land in a way. And what I mean by that is Starcade is still a month away, and yet they've got most of the stuff set. So it's almost like you're kind of just holding things steady until Starcade. Like you can't, I, you, they can't really, in, to, in my opinion, you're a month away and you really aren't advancing anything. There's no real mystery. I mean, we kind of really know what's going to happen and we're still a month away from it. So like, there's a lot of time left right now. That's the other part too. And then maybe that, and maybe that's what this episode was. It was just like the only thing yeah, but, new but was, the, but was the thing JJ it is- and Dusty. But the thing of it is, is that 
and let me just be humble. Part of our charm here is that we don't we don't come on here and proclaim to be wrestling historians. So some of this is, is that while we remember broad strokes of what happens in wrestling in this time because it's a golden era, we don't remember every detail. So we wow. can still get we we can still be entertained. You can pop us with things that happen. We don't remember shit. Some of us have may not have seen it. Harbor. So the thing of it is is that. There's still the opportunity that in the in the grand booking scheme, week to week to week, you can still be like, shit, that was a shit hot episode. There are you can tell that thirty years later, and because we're adults, that they're fucking this up. But this week was still awesome. This week felt off on multiple levels. Yeah, I'm with that. Hopper, you gave it a C plus minus. Yeah, you said a C. Yeah. Who are you gonna give the Rolex to? Michael P. S. Hayes. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one he cut. I was either him or fucking JJ. I was like, I'm giving to fucking Michael PSAs. Doc, who are you giving yours to? Bro, I swear to I swear on whatever holy book it is that you're you're out there listening to us. And you and you subscribe to. I'm going Michael PSAs too, man. He was short and sweet and had yeah. his down. That was t- airtight. I'm going to go in a little different direction. I think everybody knows it, but I'm going J.J. Dillon only because of how good he was in that first Starcade Control Center segment where he just was like, no, 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 no. J.J. was good. Corny was good. But in a week where Rick, you know, slid the door open, he cracked the door, and Arn doesn't get time until he doesn't get time. I think it's important to give Michael Hayes some shine. Yeah, really. No, I hear that. I mean, he's Michael Hayes, so for sure. And the, uh, the real problem here is when you still go back and look at the talent that was exhibited in this 82 minutes, there's a lot of talent out there. It's like, why aren't we putting guy? It, it, it just feels like we're putting Peyton Manning at tight end. We're not putting guys in the best position to succeed. So that's a wrap almost Fuck for it, this man. week's Fuck episode. Wrestling, man. Let's, let's, <laughs> do yeah. Sopran- let's do Sopranos episode one. Hit, hit record. <laughs> that was NWA from Saturday night on TBS from October the 24th of 1987. Now, before we get out of here, though, we need to mention our Amazon referral link. It's tinyurl.com slash BTT Amazon. Thank you for everyone who does use it. Remember, give that link. To your wives, girlfriends, side pieces, and hoes in your life. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. A great way to support this show. Go buy Death of the Territories. Go buy Bobby Blaze's books as well. You can buy anything and everything on Amazon, and the show gets a little kickback in return that I use to pay the podcast hosting fees and various other fees that what? I take care of for this show. There you go. tinyurl.com slash Amazon. And while we're at it, I haven't plugged this in a while. Go pick up some T-shirts, especially Harper's T-shirt. Uh, he's got yeah. two of them out there. One of them is Ladies, the line is to the right. That is on the Pro Wrestling Tee store. Yeah. And then he's got another one that's Living the Dream on the Tee Public store. So go pick up Harper's shirt. Go pick one of Doc's shirts up. God, Doc, your shirts don't sell. No shirts sell. Hey, you know what? Here's the thing. Because I am I am unlike other rich assholes that want all your money. You buy a Doc shirt, I'll give my money to Harper. How about there that? There you go. <laughs> I'm a benevolent. I'm a benevolent heel. A, a benevolent. Uh, Harper. What? 
can we get a, a Bigfoot rant or anything today from you? I mean, you're a Bigfoot rant. I mean, just anything. What does that I mean, mean? I don't know. I, you don't know how to set Harper up to get him angry about that. Yeah. Well, I had somebody that finally heard the show where Harper did the Bigfoot rant, and they sent me a, a, a Twitter message on my uh, at Mike Five Hundred Four Saints. They were like, "Holy shit, that was the best." Uh, five minutes of podcasting, or however long it was. Actually, I think it was like ten minutes of podcasting in podcast history, and it really was. I mean, Harper went off on Bigfoot. Fuck Bigfoot, man. The Honey Island Stupid. Swamp Monster. Hey, Harper, you ever been fishing? And yeah. And catch a uh, alligator gar? Yeah. Forgot. Remember one time my dad caught one that was so fucking big, he had to shoot it. I would have twenty with a twenty two pistol to keep him from fucking uh or make it a fucking uh flipping a boat over. No way. And those alligator car are no are no joke, man. Yeah. No they get way fucking Hopper. huge. Yeah, dude. I was a little kid, bro, and this thing was fucking huge. It was like some like Jurassic Park, man. And and my dad fucking brings it in and he's just beating the fuck out of it with the paddle. And you think it's gone, right? And then Boom, it would come back to life and just start flipping all over the fucking place. And he started beating the shit out of it again. And it kept coming back to life. And he said, fuck this shit. And he pulled out the 22 and just shot him in the head. Was the See, thing Mike, in the boat when he shot him? Yeah. Well, it's a good thing he didn't miss. I know, huh? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I watched, my, I watched my older cousin beat the shit out of one with a stick for like 15 minutes one time. <laughs> Dude. Dude, they get fucking big, man. See, you know they got. Well, they. Did you know they got? Uh, they got lungs. Wait, what? They have. Uh, <laughs> they have uh, prehistoric lungs. <laughs> what? That's true. Google it. I'm telling you, starfish are prehistoric. They have uh, prehistoric lungs. They can breathe air as well. If you ever see them come up and they like splash water, that's them coming up for air. <laughs> okay. So, I'm so telling first, you. So first of all, Mike. That's <laughs> how you Doc, you motherfucker. You don't act like you wasn't laughing over there when Harper no, no, said no. alligator guard got no, no, I, I was laughing. But that's how you set Harper up. You could, man. You you fucking are the point guard that dribbles off his foot. And second of all, guys, there's no way that was planned. That's what we can do for your podcast when Harper and I show up. I'm Harper, talking, how, Google it right now. Google do 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 garfish have fucking lungs? They I, have. I, I, okay, I believe you. I, I was laughing. Because, Mike, you ever catch an alligator? Those things are vicious, dude. They're yeah, they're they ain't, they ain't big, to be huh? trifled with. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've hooked one or two before. I've yeah, never seen one over the world. I mean, I get that. What's his name? Unconvinced Ray. That guy's probably dealing with stuff out in the outback that we don't even know about. But like, you know, I Gibson. I Gibson. He beats. What's I Gibson beats the polar vortex. He has no idea what we're talking about down here. When when Harper says this. Now, prehistoric lungs, we could debate, but... Here's this, it. Garfish, garfish normally obtain oxygen via gills as do other fish, yet they have a connection between their gut 
and swim bladder that allows him to gulp air at the surface at the surface and absorb oxygen in much the same way as as we do our lungs right right they have garfish are very very they've been around since the fucking dinosaurs and, and they they have prehistoric lungs they can breathe air as well they can live fucking anywhere so if they're if it's waters like in the canal where the where the water's really fucking shitty with low oxygen, they, they can breathe air. Right. They, they can fuck. still hang around. They the, the That's fossil why they records so long. The fossil rest records of them traces their existence back to the early Cretaceous period, over a hundred million right. years ago. That's when white people lived in New Orleans. <laughs> well, first off, human beings, uh, bipedal humans, have only been around for 200,000 years. So they've oh, been he, around longer Jesus than said that. It was, Jesus like said it was only, the Bible says 6,000 years. So what are you talking about? Man, yeah. look, I'm talking. And they came from Africa, just so you know. Those Whoa! Garfish? No, no, they can't. no, no, no. no that's, not that's fucking bulls. Garfish has been here, dude. They ain't coming to fucking Africa. <laughs> And people and everybody knows people came from England and shit. That's okay. where Jesus is from. By the Jesus way, you're of, making Jesus of England, man. You're making fun of uh, unconvinced Ray, brother Dave. Well, unconvinced Ray, brother Dave has invited all of us over uh, to get shit faced at his home in Australia. Should we ever make it over there? Jesus all right. Christ, that's what I need to do is take a 27 hour plane ride, dude. That's Can gotta you, uh, be horrible. Can you imagine, though, getting shit-faced in Australia? Here's the the thing. My biggest... I I don't like shitting in weird places. (laughs) Imagine having to take a shit on a fucking airplane, all right? That's got to be horrible. And if you're on a plane that fucking long, you're probably going to have to do it twice. Fuck that. So, just ask yourself when Harper and I start fixing all the other wrestling podcasts and we make wrestling podcasts great again, why are you, the other podcasts you listen to not as fun as this? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question, Doc. I don't know. Dude, can you imagine taking a shit on an air? I've never taken a shit on an That's air. what I'm saying. That's like Bruh. a porta potty taking a shit. It's so small. <laughs> I'm not taking this shit. And then you hit turbulence. You're shitting. You pinch it and you're like shitting on yourself and Uh, on your leg. I am not taking a shit on an airplane. If you're going to fucking Australia, you're going to have to. Yeah. Dude, I'm not. I'm not taking a shit uh, on there. So you, here's the easy. Here's the it would be plan. like when Doc was on that riverboat when he right. talked about the episode of dropping a deuce and he stopped uh, that bitch up. <laughs> here's the here's the easier way. What's that guy's name in Australia? Uh, Unconvinced Ray. Take some pictures of Australia and you fly over here, and then we'll all get together, and you can show them to Harper and Mike. Dude, that dude is one of the biggest fans of this show that we Because when I say we'll all get together, I don't mean me. I mean Mike and Harper. No, no. Doc, Doc will be there, Dave. He'll be there. Don't worry. You know, under a hood. Uh, well, let's uh, get ready to get out of here. Before we do so, I want to 
Uh, shout out the wrestling podcast about nothing with the Kingpin Brian Malonis from ROH and Mike Crockett. They drop their show every single Monday. They're doing some classic stuff, some current stuff. All around the bin, the full gamut of wrestling they do. Again, it's the wrestling podcast about nothing with ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett every single Monday morning. And then our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, run by Joe Murata and Michael Quinn as they give their take on the northern side of pro wrestling's history. Just a little bit classier, slightly more professional, but good dudes. So check them out and please give them a listen. Mondays as well. So our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. With that said... Become a patron so you can get the video reviews and all the other stuff at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. And I know Doc doesn't have anything else because he's worn out. And Harper is worn out as he thinks about yeah. flying to Australia and taking a big, massive deuce on an airplane on a 26-hour flight. Google fucking garfish with fucking lungs. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's why you can't eat them. They, 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 they fucking taste like shit, man. Wait, yeah, bro, send, I heard, send I heard send people eat them. Stories and pictures of... of uh, Garfish to Mike five or four Saints, yeah. whatever. But, but whatever. Harper, I I've known people that eat that shit. Yeah, no. I know. Yeah, yeah. Your people eat them. No, right. no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I've heard people eat that shit. And I was like, no, I ain't eat the no. The only gar. way you can eat them is if you people make gar balls what? where they roll them up in fucking balls and. And and uh, you could put it in like gumbo. That's oh. it. Like like you can't eat it like it's a fucking redfish and just clean it and throw it on a, a you know in the pan. It's just it's what it's is like chewing, y'all. It's like chewing on a Goodyear tire, bro. It, it's fucking <laughs> it's fucking rough meat, man. I'm telling you, I've heard people eat. I've heard that people eat uh, them damn things. Yeah. No, dude. You can't. I mean, I guess you could, but put it this way: if you went to college, you ain't eating garfish. I'm not eating garfish. Yeah, see, <laughs> like it's like eating nutria. I mean, I guess you can eat it. There's a season for it, but I would have to be pretty goddamn hungry to eat a goddamn nutria. I got one better for you. What about eating mullets? Huh? I know huh? people that eat mullets. Oh, mullets? Well, that's big in uh, Biloxi. They Dude, call that it, uh, is a nasty-ass fish. Why someone would eat that, I have no idea. Yeah, they call it uh, Biloxi bacon because they, they fucking eat Christ. it uh, with their breakfast. But, but, you know there's but gonna, before... you know you know there's gonna be an urban dictionary, Biloxi Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get out of here, do what Harper said and make sure you look up alligator gar lungs, because Harper says they have lungs, and I believe him because he's all into this shit. So with that said, Doc is tired, I'm tired. Harper, why don't you hit that tagline so we can get out of here? Okay, bitch.
before we get out of here, thank you to all of the patrons out there for being patrons of this show and helping us make this show possible twice per week, each and every week. And shout out to all of the Hall of Fame patrons out there. Mike Childry, K underscore Rowe, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Jeffrey, Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, the great John Dean at YRC21, Josh Dunn at Ryan and Auburn, good old Justin, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Morecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Josh Fields, Chris Myers, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Pru, Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, Slider91 US, David DeVries, Frog Zeppelin, SV Pageant, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, at Spyboy Sports Cap, Ari Miller39, uh, Dustin Roberts, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinoza, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Coleman822, Marty Howell, and T Hog94. And before I get out of here, special shout out to a friend of the show. Check out the bottom line wrestling cast from Mike Pru and his buddy JV, who are breaking down the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin month by month on a weekly basis. I think they are currently covering 1998, depending on when you are listening to this. Uh, but you can go back and check out 96 and 97, those years of Austin. Um, and it's a, it's a good show, so check it out. New episodes are released every single Monday. They're available on most platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play. You know how it works with podcasts by now. And you can also find them on Twitter, at BottomLineCast. So, once again, thank you to all the Hall of Fame patrons. And check out the Bottom Line Cast with Mike Peru and JV. And that's it, guys. Until next week, book it, bitch.